It's not like it comes automatically. Of course, it gets easier. The more I do it, the easier it gets. But anytime you go into a bigger, you know, if if you've been used to like walking 10 miles a day and now you want to walk 15 miles a day, it's going to take a different version of you. And there is a tendency for your body and your mind and everything to want to pull you back towards what feels comfortable, which is who you used to be. So in order to be able to create what you want to do in future, whatever that is, you want to buy a bunch of properties, you want to build a big business, you want to start a nonprofit, you have to anchor yourself to the future that you want. And the way you do that is by finding those communities, finding people doing what you want to do to the closest capacity, knowing that they're never going to be you, but you have tools that you want to go learn there and find coaching that you need. Anchor yourself to the future that you want, and that's how you're going to create it. Are you looking for opportunities to invest in passive real estate syndications? Join our exclusive community at FastFire Capital, where we're dedicated to bringing doctors and other high-income earners priority access to the best opportunities to invest in large multifamily and other types of commercial properties. Not only that, by being part of the community, you'll get exclusive access to webinars and Q&As where you'll be able to raise your passive investing IQ. To join our community, go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash syndication. Again, that address is semiretiredmd.com forward slash syndication. When you daydream about your future, I'll bet it doesn't include you still working into your 60s and 70s. But unless you're actively taking steps to break the cycle of trading time for money, that's the future most of us face. Ignite Your Journey will lay out a roadmap to show you how to finally break that cycle and achieve true financial freedom. And it'll show you how to do it in just three to five years rather than the 20 or so it takes for traditional investments or saving in your retirement accounts. For more information, go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash IYJ. This week's podcast is sponsored by our course, Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals. Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals is a 10-week online course focused on helping physicians and high-income earners go from knowing little to nothing about real estate investing to confidently buying the cashflowing rentals that will allow them to achieve financial freedom and work in medicine or their day jobs on their own terms. Our course is only open to registration twice a year, so be sure to get on the waitlist at semiretiredmd.com and check out the course details on our course landing page. Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, the place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leiti and Kenji. Welcome to another episode of the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast. Today, we are very excited to welcome Dr. Latifat Akintade here. Welcome, Latifat. Hello, guys. I'm glad to be here. How are you? Awesome. We are so excited to have you. We got to see you just a couple days ago in person in Aruba. And uh, boy, it's always so much fun to get to spend time with you. And I know that all of our listeners are going to get so many pearls of knowledge and information and just be so inspired by hearing what you've done. So we're excited to have you here. So Latifat, for those who don't know you, can you tell everyone a little bit about you and your journey through entrepreneurship and real estate too? Absolutely. I'm Latifat. I'm a GI doctor, trained GI doctor, certified and all that stuff. I'm currently taking a break a year off to travel with my family. 
I'm also the mom of three little ladies, ages five through 10. They drive me nuts and it's amazing. But I'm the creator and founder of Money Fit MD, which is a platform that is 100% committed to helping women physicians be great at money so that we can live the life and do all the crazy things that we're meant to do in this world. I met you guys now, I don't know, four years. I, don't, I have zero, I can't even remember anymore. Time is like flying. But I met you guys through my my husband and I's journey through starting real estate. We took your course, I think it was like 2019 or so. And since then, we've built our real estate portfolio. We have mostly active, almost all active, actually. And we do long-term and short-term rental in two states. And that is a huge part of how we've been able to create what we have today and really give ourselves the gift of time and life. And I truly believe that it's something everybody deserves to have a choice in whether they want or not. And for people that want that, it pains me like when people don't know that they can live the life that they want, that they can work as much or as little as they want. Like they don't have to sacrifice their life to get what they want. And that is what I do now with women physicians is helping women have the freedom of life, of time. And now I'm adding freedom of attention because now that I have money and I have time, I realize that attention is something that we don't talk much about. And that is part of why we don't have the rest that we need. And so my goal is that every woman physician will have those three, freedom of time, life, attention, and whatever other freedom I decide to add along the way. I love it. So that is the first time I've ever heard anyone talk about freedom of atten- attention. So you can, can you tell us what that looks like? Like what does freedom of attention look like to you in practice? Absolutely. So I will give you a very concrete example that a lot of physicians may identify with. You've spent all your time in clinic or doing procedures all day. You barely caught up with your chart. Maybe you have kids, maybe you don't even have kids, but now you're at home and you're thinking about the things that you haven't had time done. So you have the time at home, but you don't have the attention of your life. Like your attention is not on your life. So essentially you may not be physically at work. You may think you have the freedom of time, but you actually don't have the freedom of life and enjoyment because your attention is not where it's at. You're not enjoying the richness of life that exists for you. And that is something that I found to be true because again, a lot of times I think, oh, if I just have money, if I just have time, But there's other things in there. And that attention is something that I want to talk more about because I truly believe it's what is going to help us rest more, burn out less, and be able to enjoy the richness of the relationships that we have in our life. There's also freedom of purpose as well that we can add on there. I actually learned that from the book. It's not out yet, but I was able to read it, which is pretty fun um, by Dan Sullivan. So he wrote Who Not Mm -hmm. How. They have one that's coming out called 10X. Mm -hmm. Just go just go pre-order it, like go pre-order it. So I pre-ordered, um, you know, he did a talk with Go Bonding. So I was able to get the copy before most people and it's, it's going to blow people's pants off. So go read it. That's awesome. Yeah. We're definitely on my list. I think it's 10 X is easier than two X or something exactly, like that. Exactly. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. And it's definitely what we found in our lives too. It's the starting something and building it to us in to a smaller level is much harder than taking that next step of going much farther faster same in real estate right getting that first property is really much more challenging than scaling to five properties or 10 properties it's that first property as you're learning makes a lot of sense and so it's and and you got to build the connections to be able to move faster so it sounds like attention freedom of attention is really about presence um and uh it's so interesting after having 
such a a bad yoga, I mean, not a bad yoga, a bad meditation this morning, but I judged it as bad because of presence. And so, yeah, I can see how my mind is always going off and doing a million things and uh, how that does rob you of the situation of being in the present and and seeing the beauty around you because you're thinking of five other things. Yeah, I think uh, attention uh, makes me think of focus. And we talk about focus a lot. What are you focused on? And it sounds like, you know, after a long day, it was stressful. Maybe you're still behind on charts. You're focused on that, right? As opposed to focused on the things that you want to focus on, the things that uh, you know bring you light, the things that make you happy. And so I think that that's the word that I would think about when I think about attention, but it's really cool. I like, I really like the word attention. Yeah. And it's transition too. When I hear you like about one thing you're saying is like, it's a transition from one thing that you're doing to a different role you're playing. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually intentionally cutting and transitioning and being present in that new role. And I think a lot of us, especially entrepreneurs, which we should definitely talk about entrepreneurship, definitely more with you. We tend to blend. We tend to take our you know businesses into our personal life, right? And so we're talking or thinking about business while we're spending time with our kids. It's not the same as being fully present in the moment. Yeah, for sure. And then also, I think about at home uh, with our kids working from home, right? You, you it does yeah. blend work. And I know Latifa, you you guys are traveling as a family and you're working, right? It's not vacation for a year, it's working. And you say, so there's a risk that things are going to blend. But I think one thing that's helped us is really kind of setting aside that time, you know, for family and make a clean break to work, right? And uh, blocking out that time, I think is really in the schedule, right? Scheduling everything out so that you have that separation, I think is really important. How do you manage it? What do you do? You know, it's a work in progress. And I think the awareness is key, right? Because when you don't even know, you're wondering why you never see your kids, even though you're spending time with your kids. It's really Mm -hmm. interesting, right? So it's an awareness and redirecting my attention. But with traveling, though, when it comes to time, it's funny because I'm someone that likes to separate things. So if I'm not there, I don't want to be there. If I'm there, I want to be there. And Chile is the exact opposite. Chile is the guy that would literally be hosting. I mean, he has his own company. It would literally be hosting a meeting with the kids yelling in the background. And like, guys, I'm like, can you just go away? (laughs) Right. So I, I like to separate. But I'm learning how to not let it be so separated so that they can actually be a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. But what we're doing right now is we are traveling and we have the it's not a vacation mindset just so that we don't so that we don't miss out on experiences that we want to have. However, most things that I do when it comes to my business is in the morning so that we have like five hours minimum, six hours, most days where we can just lounge, chill, I can read a book. We can play cards. We can. We literally spend like hours at the beach. It's amazing. Where I think I'm a couple of shades darker. I'm like, <laughs> right. So it's 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 definitely been such a blessing, and also just giving myself the time to think about why I'm here, what I want my life to look like after this year gift that we've given ourselves. Like I I love medicine. What do I want that to look like? Like what is my role? What is my work for women physicians? What is my, like, why am I even doing this? Because entrepreneurship is not easy by any shape or form. So you have to have a compelling reason why. And, you know, for me, the, yes, it's a source of diversified income source, but I can literally make that money in many other places. That doesn't require me to talk to people or post on Facebook or run ads or any other stuff. So 
yeah, I have to have a compelling reason why. So I'm asking myself, like, what is my why? Like, what am I here for? Why am I doing this? And the beauty of that is because I do have choices. And I think when we start to create more choices for ourselves, we start to ask ourselves more delicious questions, more mind-blowing questions, more purpose-driven questions of why the heck am I even doing this? Like, I don't need to charge. Like, I've literally negotiated for a speaking fee and not even followed up to get paid, right? Because I'm just like, what is my work? I don't, not like that money is going to make a difference in my life, but my work is to make sure that women, especially women of color, black women are not underpaid. So you bet your butt I'm going to negotiate to make sure that you're not doing that. But psh- I'm not like I need the money, but it's principle. But we get to not ask. I get to ask myself those questions and decide what I want to do with my time, with my life and my attention in this season and the next. So that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, it sounds like you're really reflecting a lot and thinking about your why. And I think that your why is so, so important when you start and when you're continuing to be an entrepreneur. Um, As you know, in our real estate uh, courses, we're always talking about your why because you're going to get to challenges and you're going to have to overcome them. And that's going to be your why that kind of gives you the fuel to be able to do it, especially if it's tied to emotion. So tell me about with your why, tell me about that with entrepreneurship and tell me about why and how you ended up where you are now with building your business and kind of where you see it going. Absolutely. And I like to be honest when people ask these questions, because it's really easy for people to look from outside and think like Tifat is a go-getter. Like I literally told someone I was having a day of like slacking off of doing nothing. And she's like, it doesn't look like that on social media. I'm like, that stuff literally takes like five seconds. And I have a team that can also amplify my voice. Right. So I want to be honest and clear that I'm not I'm not someone that dreamt of being an entrepreneur. I'm not someone that thought I was ever going to teach women about money. No, I'm someone that whose entire goal in life is to be a great, the best GI doctor I can be. I want to be a badass clinician. I want to be like those doctors that can smell your diagnosis from like two buildings. And we're like, that's that was my only focus. And if I did that, I would literally die happy. And I also want to be someone that gives in the world, takes care of my family and does what I can to make the next generation better. I also want to be someone that does my work to decrease in disparities in whatever form that is. I don't think everything is always going to ever be equal. However, I think we can decrease the amount of disparity. So those were my goals, period. And I thought that was going to be through medicine, through educating my patients, through advocating for my patients. But it was about seven years ago was when I realized that to do what I wanted to do clinically, to be the kind of physician that I wanted to be, I had to all have the choice of walking. And that is never going to be an option if I don't get my money crap together. That's not going to be an option if I'm depending on that next paycheck. It's not going to be an option if I'm like, well, if I piss them off, that money is not going to come in. And now what? I'm going to have to look at my kids and like there are those normal human fears that we had. So for me, seven years ago, I decided to literally get my money crap together, pun intended, um, because I wanted to have that choice in how I lived my life. And so I started doing that by learning the basics of what is money, what's retirement, what's 401k, what's budgeting. I hate budgeting. How can I do this if I hate math? Like all those stuff. And I did it. I was able to translate like the language of money into a language that made sense for me in a way that was kind to me without me thinking that I needed to sacrifice the joys in life. And, you know, in 
I, like I had to make a choice and I figured that out. So I started helping people around me. Like my colleagues would come They're like, Latifa, we heard you good at this stuff. And I was just like, sure, whatever. But I'm not a business owner. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a physician. That's all I do. That Those were my thoughts. But it wasn't really until the pandemic started that I realized that I had to do something. And the reason why was because physicians were getting fired, nurses were getting fired, and even people that were working at my same job getting income from the same source and were actually working more because I was 0.8 FTE, they were getting paid more per month. They were worried about their money and I was not. And the beauty of that is I could focus on things like making sure my kids were well, making sure my family was fine, making sure that I could encourage my colleagues because everybody was kind of burning out and I was not burning out, right? I was there because I wanted to, not because I had to. So even though I put in more peg tubes during the pandemic that I'd done in my entire career together, I went in more times in the middle of the night to fix GI bleeders because, you know, COVID, they're getting treated with anticoagulations. But I was there because I wanted to. And that was just everything that literally, honestly, I think that I get a little emotional thinking about it, but I think that I don't want to say saved my life like a dramatic way, but it saved me in a lot of ways because I did not burn out like many people were because I was there by choice, right? So I could be a light that I wanted to be in my environment. And when I realized that this was so important, it almost felt wrong to not teach others. So that's why I like kicked and screamed and like reluctantly became an entrepreneur because I'm like, if I want to teach people how to do this, if I want to teach more women how to do this, then I have to do the hard thing of getting out there, changing my name on Facebook to my real name instead of like a fake name that I'd been using because I didn't want people to know me. So that's how my entrepreneurial journey started. It started because of a desire that I, almost like a calling that I felt like I had no choice but to respond to. And that is what has led to Money Fit MD with the podcast, you know, Money Fit MD with the 10 month, excuse me, the 12 month coaching container that feels more like a mastermind that we have. And now the eight weeks Money Boss Academy that we kicked off, which I'm super excited about. And the book. And we were going to talk definitely about the book. Uh, we definitely want to. I still forget that I'm an author sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to uh, bring up a couple of things. First of all, choice. And I just want to mic drop, you know, that, um, you know, when you have choices and to it allows you to be the doctor you really dreamed you were going to be. I think people really, really need to hear that. And then the other piece in there you were talking about was money as a tool to help your family. And I think a lot of people carry a lot of um, money like feelings, right? And a lot of them are negative. And a lot of them, uh, I can't tell you how mu- how often we see people who are really struggling. They're making money from real estate, but they feel guilty about it or they don't want to be one of those rich landlords or they they literally have an internal fight, an internal war because they don't feel good about having money and they don't want to consider themselves rich. And that actually, that really holds them back from going and doing something big because they're, they're fighting themselves and that takes a lot of energy. So I just want people to hear from you about how you view money and, and, and if they're struggling with that feeling inside of like, is money bad? Like, how do you deal with that to free yourself to actually be able to make money and do good in the world? Absolutely. And I think it's a fabulous question. I get this all the time. And I'm actually going to challenge your audience a little bit and maybe piece some of them off, but that's completely fine. And the thing is this, whenever there's a problem in life 
and we think we have an option to solve that problem. When we don't, we're actually contributing to the problem, right? The people that have the question and the challenge that you're talking about, they're actually contributing to why that status quo is because they're not getting into it. And if all the examples that they have is that money is bad, and because of that, they don't want to accept the money that is obviously trying to get into their life, then they're contributing to the narrative that money is bad because they're not being the good, quote unquote, good. And I, you know, I'm saying that in code because it's not always black and white. But now they're preventing themselves from being examples to those other people about what good money can be in the world. And I also think part of it is the misunderstanding of what money is and how money, what money is supposed to be. Money is never supposed to be our identity in any shape or form. It's supposed to be a tool to be used. It's meant to flow through us, right? Not to be hoarded. So when I think about like how I'm investing, how I'm doing stuff, part of it is because I want money now because it gets to go through me to the things like that I want to do, including rent and Airbnb and have memories of my family, but also like give to things that I care about, causes that I care about. But it's also so that I can never run out of money, hopefully in future, so that I can always continue to do that even on a bigger, bigger, bigger scale. And that my kids will have not just the money, but the tips that I have in my head that I'm passing on to them to be able to carry that out for a generation so that now I'm planting into the future of people that will be an example of money for good. So if you're like, I don't want to be one of those quote unquote bad landlords, good. Now go be a good landlord, <laughs> right? Like literally we, and I've shared this on your platform because, you know, I do guest coaching your program is one of the apartments that we got was a duplex and, you know, was being rented on the market and all that stuff. And we came in and we fixed it. The old tenants chose to stay. We increased the rent a little bit, right? So that it could make sense, so that it could be an asset for us and not a liability. Because if it's a liability and we're having to put money out of our own pocket to fund it, we're going to sell it. And I don't think that's necessarily what our tenants will want, because I do think that we're decent uh, landlords. Actually, my husband is a good landlord. And sometimes I tell him to be a little less good. I'm like, dude, they just sent you a message 10 minutes ago. Like, what the heck? Like, at least let an hour. It's not urgent. Like, it's not urgent. But the key is this tenant that I'm talking about, they had to, they were Spanish speaking and we have our demographics that we love to rent to. Some of our people don't even have like regular jobs. We have someone who sells flowers at the cemetery, but we get to provide grid housing to people that are, that want to pay. And this guy was like, asked our contractor and said, why do these people care so much? Like our former landlord knew that we had mold for years and we're like, dude, you got kids. We're not going to let your kids be in a molding, you know, environment. We're going to fix it. We offered to put them in a hotel. They actually declined. We're like, we'll put you in a hotel. Let's fix this. So we did fix the problem. But the reason why I say that is not to say that we're amazing. We're always going to do an imperfect job at this. But if you don't want to be a slum lord landlord, then don't be. Go do it the way you want it to be and make sure that it's also an asset so that you can be in the game for a long time. So that's the way that I think about money. Money is not something that is me. It doesn't define me. It's a tool that's meant to flow through me. And when you remember that, you don't ask yourself questions like money is bad or good, because then it's like, are you bad or good? Because it's literally going to be a reflection of what you want to do with it in the world. Yeah, so important for people to hear um, and applies in so many other areas too in life. Like I remember I was thinking about going to a level up mastermind in uh, the Tony Robbins world. And I was like, I don't know if I want to be around, you know, people like that. And I had all these kind of preconceptions, prejudgments. And, 
And I was worried that if I went into this environment, that it was going to affect me. And I didn't, I again, was judging like how a lot of people were acting in there. And, uh, and somebody said to me, why aren't you the person that go change the culture? Why are you assuming that you're going to come in and the culture is going to change you? Right. And that is exactly what you're saying, which is you be the example for everyone else, you know, just because there's a situation that a lot of people are are a certain way. Again, be careful what you judge because there's probably more to it. But you can be the example of what you want to see in the world and don't assume that you're going to turn into other people. If you have a strong sense of who you are and what you want to do, and I want people to hear how you have some defining things that you want to contribute to the world. I think there are three things that you said you wanted to do. And so those are your guiding light for how you show up. So think about who you are Decide what you want to contribute to the world. And if you can get clarity on that, when you show up and you go into a situation, you're going to know how to carry yourself and you're going to be an example for others in that situation. Absolutely. And I think it's important to also share with your audience too is, yes, we have those things we want to do, but don't think it's not scary. (laughs) Don't think it's not scary. Don't think we don't second guess that. Don't think we're... So anytime I want to do something amazing, I always ask myself, like, what tools do I need? who do I need or where do I need to position myself, right? So for example, last year when, you know, the recession and all that started happening, I knew that part of my work was, you know, a lot of it was the conversations that physicians, many physicians were having was very different from the conversations where people that were wealth-minded and creating wealth were having. Physicians were saying, go hide, go stay under the cover. And then when the recession is over, we'll come out. Those other people that are building wealth are saying, no, this is a time when you get your resources together, you stay out there because there are not many people that are looking and this is a time when you do what you need to do. And so for me, I knew that part of my work was going to be bridging those two things like y'all need to get here physicians and not stay there. So the question for myself was, because I know that I'm going to be surrounding myself with physicians that may not, not necessarily have that mindset, I also had to make sure I anchored myself. And so my question was, who do I need to be? Like, what do I need to do? What community do I need? So I actually hired a one-on-one coach for myself because I'm like, my work is going to be heavy. I need to make sure that my mind is right and I can do the work that I want to do. I made sure that like, what tools do I need? Like, where are the resources going to be so I can continue to bring that to my women? So I found those communities and I I paid to play, right? So I paid to have access to those communities so that I can make sure that the work that I'm here to do is being done. And of course, I have my support system. You know, you guys are part of it. My girlfriends, my husband, and all this other amazing people are around me that I know that we may be completely different, but we're here for different parts of the whole big puzzle, which is to help the world be a better place. And so those are the things that I have to do to literally get my shit together so I can do the work that I'm meant to do. So it's not like it comes automatically. Of course, it gets easier. The more I do it, the easier it gets. But anytime you go into a bigger, you know, if if you've been used to like walking 10 miles a day and now you want to walk 15 miles a day, it's going to take a different version of you. And there is a tendency for your body and your mind and everything to want to pull you back towards what feels comfortable, which is who you used to be. So in order to be able to create what you want to do in future, whatever that is, you want to buy a bunch of properties, you want to build a big business, you want to start a nonprofit, you have to anchor yourself to the future that you want. And the way you do that is by finding those communities, finding people doing what you want to do to the closest capacity, knowing 
that they're never going to be you, but you have tools that you want to go learn there and find coaching that you need. Anchor yourself to the future that you want, and that's how you're going to create it. When you daydream about your future, I'll bet it doesn't include you still working into your 60s and 70s. But unless you're actively taking steps to break the cycle of trading time for money, that's the future most of us face. Ignite Your Journey will lay out a roadmap to show you how to finally break that cycle and achieve true financial freedom. And it'll show you how to do it in just three to five years rather than the 20 or so it takes for traditional investments or saving in your retirement accounts. For more information, go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash IYJ. This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Movement Mortgage. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. We've been working with Dan and his team for over eight years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close the deal. I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at srmd at movement.com to get a free consultation and also let him know that you're part of the semi-retired MD community to get an exclusive discount on your next loan. Now back to the episode. Amazing. Well, it sounds like the future you wanted, you want to be an author. And so congratulations. That's amazing. So can you tell us about your book and tell us why you wrote the book? So I wrote the book because, again, I work with women physicians only in terms of my paid containers. However, I have many loves in my life that are not physicians. I also think that I, you know, and part of this I take credit for and part of it I don't necessarily take credit for. But I do think that I have wisdom when it comes to money, that money and wealthy life building that is not necessarily mainstream. And so for me, I wanted to find a way to make that information accessible to more people that may be hiding still and don't think they want to ask questions, people that may not be women, people that may not be physicians. And it wasn't something that was on my three-year plan at all. It was something that a year and a half ago I knew had to happen. So I was like, well, (laughs) this is going to sound funny to you. But as a GI doctor, I talk about shit all day, right? And so some of my analogies are poop related. And so if you have someone that's like obstipated, there's like this poop particle, this fickle that needs to like get out so that the rest of the stuff can flow. So when there is something that needs to come out through you and you don't let it out, there's so much other stuff that needs to come out. So for me, that's how the book was. The book was, there are people that need this. I have this knowledge. I want to make it more accessible, but also there's stuff that needs that there's other stuff that I'm supposed to do that is going to require this fickle of book in a most amazing way. You can call it gold. Poop is gold anyway. This gold of book fickle to come out so that the other stuff that I'm meant to create in the world will also be able to have the freedom to come out. So that is why I had to. I didn't feel like I really, I had a choice, but I also know that I wanted to be the person that I'm meant to be in this world and the book had to come out. So the book is out. It's called Done With Broke, The Woman Physician's Guide to More Money and Less Hustle. That title was not what it was meant to be. In fact, it had a different title before ladies like nodding. It mm-hmm. was called, I think, Wealthy Mind Rx or something. And I was just sitting down and again, envisioning and just visualizing this book in the world and the stages that this book is going to be called to, to speak at and all that stuff. And I imagine myself being introduced as the author of the Wealthy Mind Rx. 
you know, and I was just like, I just saw this woman with like a skirt suit, totally toned down, not talking about shit, not being passionate about what she was talking about. And she was not me. And so I was like, what exactly is this book? And I'm like, what do women want? Women want to, it's not like we don't want to be broke because you don't have to be broke to be done with it, right? It just means we'd never want to have to worry about the word, the mindset of broke ever again. And so I was like, women want to have a choice and not have to worry about not having money. So we're done with broke, like literally forever. So I decided that that was going to be the book name the company that I used, they were like, are you sure? Maybe you're nervous. I was like, no, it's not. I think the book just needs a different name. And so I called it that. And I had to be ready for the fact that, well, maybe this title may make it not attractive to people and only five people will buy, including my three kids and my husband and maybe one of my friends. But that hasn't <laughs> happened because we didn't make bestseller on the first day. But it's a great book. It really talks about, it's written for women. I know there are some men that I've read it. I had a financial advisor actually reach out to me and said, I saw your book. I read the book. I'd like to interview you, but I want to have time to finish the book. It's amazing. So I think it speaks to people, not just women, even though it's written for women physicians. But what it does is it talks about why we are where we are today when it comes to how we think about money, why we are frustrated that the six figures we make in clinical medicine or the five or six figures you make where you are doesn't feel the way you thought it was going to feel. Like, why are we here? Why does money not feel like something amazing that we can do anytime? Like if we lost every penny that we had, why don't we have the confidence that we could do it again? And so what I wrote in that book is walking us through that, how to go through the money stories that we have had before how we are who we are when it comes to money because of our lived experience and how we can understand the core pillars of money and how we can also learn how to be the sea of our finances. So really it's like timeless money principles and wisdom that I want every human to know. And I get to write that in a book and deliver it to the world. So that's what I did. I love the title. I think, uh, you know, it just captures a lot of the emotion, a lot of the feeling, which I know that what, what you're helping people with is a lot of the feelings that they have that are coming out of the thoughts they have about money. Um, so it makes a lot of sense to me that, that there would have been this title and I, I just adore it. I also want to recognize and want people to see how much you trust your intuition. Um, even when everyone around you maybe thinks it's not a good idea or the experts are telling you maybe it's not the right choice. I just, I always have really respected that about how you're driven by your intuition and you just trust yourself and you just have the sense of like, the world's going to tell me the right answer. So tell me how you cultivated that. Is that something you've had that for your whole life? Because I want people to maybe be able to follow in your footsteps and cultivate this sense of um, I am going to, I'm just going to feel the right answer. No, it's not something that I've always had, or I just was not aware, right? Because my, a lot of times without even knowing it, we try to be like the people that we see around us. And if we're not intentional about realizing that we're not, we're meant to be different, we're going to be like a photocopy of someone else, which means we're never going to be like who we were meant to be. And I really believe that we all have different roles in life in different ways. It may, I mean, like my sister may look exactly like me in a lot of ways, but her role is also just different. So there are pieces that we're all meant to feel. And I haven't always been that way. I literally spend multiple five figures. And I will be honest with you guys, like 
putting myself in communities that helps me quiet the noise so I can actually listen to myself. So that is something that I intentionally built. And it wasn't because I wanted that outcome. It was because I looked around in the world, I looked at money, and I just was not identifying with people that were in money. And so it was like, I'm not identifying, I'm getting the tools, but I'm not doing it because I can't do it like them. And I realized that the work was not for me to do it like them necessarily, is to learn the tools and then create my own recipe. And actually, so my coaching program, the longitudinal one that I have, not the eight weeks one, we meet every Thursday. So we're recording this today, Friday, we just met yesterday. And this is one of the things that I was talking about there. And the way that I, I hope this helps, and if it does not, I will try to do a better job next time. But a lot of the way that we think about things like real estate and medicine and our lives is our critical analysis brain. It's like, how does this make sense? We want it all to make sense. And that is great. It's helped us. It helped us like when I'm taking out a polyp, I don't go based like I want to take out that freaking polyp with the right size snare that's going to get it out and do what it's meant to do. So it's like that calculation. What's the cash and cash? How many doors do I need? Like those. And it's great. It's an asset. But there's a different part of our brain that we don't necessarily use. It's the other half of our brain that is more like the intuitive part of it. It's more like the feelings part of it. It's more like the desire part of it. And what I realize is that when I sit in my critical brain, I try to be like everybody else. But when I'm in that other space is where I actually like lean in and actually get the recipe that is meant to do. So the exercise that I had my women do yesterday is, is this. Most times when people are struggling with money or have money questions or they're ready to like, you know, they're like, I want to buy a commercial property. I want to build blah, blah, blah. They ask the questions that the thing they're meant to ask, which is where the critical brain. And so what I had them do is I actually had them close their eyes for like 30 seconds. I'm like, I need everybody to just close their eyes and just listen for a second. And just like, what are you actually supposed to know? Like, what is that? And just take 30 seconds and type it in the chat box. And the questions that they asked were like what they were meant to fix to get to the next level. And so part of it is going to be practice. It's a skill that you have to learn, but you have to literally turn off that brain and just go, okay, what am I supposed like? What am I feeling? Like what's the crumbs that I'm meant to follow? And of course, these are all tools that are available to everybody. So the goal is not to live in one place. So for example, when we're trying to buy a property, you know, we want to look at the numbers, but then when it's like, what do I feel like? Are we meant to buy here? Should we buy in this location? I'm going to tap into that other brain. Like, of course, I've looked at the number. I want to make sure like the, you know, the short-term rental guidelines or whatever are really clear. We only buy in places that are super clear about what their things are for short-term rentals. Like, so we have that analytical stuff taken care of, but then should I buy this property? Should I run? Should I not? Like, I just guide that. And for me, I know a lot of it is related to my faith. And I know that not everybody that's listening has a faith that they pursue or Christians or whatever. And what I found is that it's not always just about what the faith is, because I've done this with my clients that are that don't have any, you know, they don't practice a religion or that it's just having that trust that I'm meant to be here, having that trust that I'm meant for a reason to be here and having that trust that your path is guided. And that's a thought that anybody can believe, right? That's a thought that you don't have to believe that it's God that's guiding that path, although that's what I believe. But it's like, I'm meant to be here. There's a purpose. What is that? Like, are we meant to do this deal? Are we meant to practice with that person? And trust that. And you will fail sometimes, but just know that it's a skill you're building. And the more you do it, the clarity it's going to be. So I literally have to 
you know, if you're not watching the video, you may not see me, but I'm literally leaning in like to the side because sometimes I literally have to like lean away from my analytical brain and go like, okay, listen in, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, where should we go? Should we hang out with them? Not like literally. And then I come back to my other, you know, those are all tools that are available for all of us. Does that make sense or not? Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to add something else to that, which is a tool, another tool available to people is sometimes what we do in Tony Robbins is we think about, you know, we have many different parts of ourselves. And a lot of us use this warrior self, push through, figure it out, like I'm going to do everything, which is a great side of ourselves. But sometimes you can access different sides of yourself too, to try to figure out the right answer. You know, what would my lover do? What would my magician do? Like there are all these different, what would the queen do? There are all these different pieces of ourselves that we can tap into to get the right answer, but the right answer is within you. That's the key. It it actually is within you, but most of us don't listen to it or we feel it, but we listen to the outside world and we ignore ourselves and our intuition. Um, You know, Blink by Malcolm Gladwell is a good good read if you want to think about intuition and how a lot of times it actually does can guide you a, a lot. And so I just wanted to give people another tool. Okay. Let's transition to the last two questions because we've had so much of you and so many pearls, but I really want to hear these answers. <laughs> well, before we get to the two questions that we ask all of our guests, uh, and I wanted to ask about this year off that you're taking. Can you just yeah. tell us uh, why why you did this and uh, what are you what are you planning to uh, achieve, hoping to achieve this year? Why? Because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. And I think that's I I wanted to. I decided, my husband and I decided late summer slash early fall of last year that we wanted to. And I think that is important because most people think that you have to hate what you're doing to take a pause. People think you have to be burnt out in medicine. I was not burnt out in medicine. I loved what I did. And I'm pretty damn good at what I do too, which I'm so grateful for. Like literally my last month at work, I was crying. My colleagues were crying. My patients were crying. Like, you know, it was like a whole mess in a good way. But the bottom line is I did not leave because I hated what I was doing. I took a break because I wanted to. And I think that we need to normalize that it's okay to do it just because you want to. And so we sat down and said, what do we want to do? Do we want to stay in a place forever or do we want to travel? And we decided that we haven't given ourselves the gift of flexibility ever. So this is a year that we're choosing to live like a lifetime and give ourselves the gift of flexibility. So we decided that we're going to about 15 countries. And this is something we've never done before. We usually live by schedule. But instead, we kind of had a framework of what continents we want to be at certain times. And we found out which one of our friends and our communities are going to be in those places. And we're seeing how we can align so that our paths can cross a little bit so that we get to enrich our lives in a different way. So that's what we're doing. So right now we're in Curacao. We were in Aruba for a couple of days. That's when we saw you guys. And we're in about four weeks. We're going to be in Europe for about three and a half months. We will see you guys, which I'm excited about. We're going to see family. We'll have time by ourselves. And our kids, you know, we've been seeing lots of cruise ships here in Aruba because a lot of cruise ships go by. And our kids are like, it would be fun to go on a cruise. And so now we're looking to see maybe we can do a cruise while we're in Europe, maybe one of those 10 or 12 day cruises. So that's what we're doing. And we'll go to, you know, we're going to be in Nigeria and Morocco, and then we'll do Southeast Asia. But the key is we're giving ourselves a gift to just be 
the gift to have time, the flexibility to think, to breathe. I've, I've seen my kids more in the last couple of weeks. And this makes me a little sad that I have probably like in six months and I should probably sit down and do the math. Like I literally went in Aruba where at the pool and I just had talking about that attention because I'm increasing my awareness. I literally looked at my kids, like just looked at my kids, like really looked at them. And I was just like, damn, they're beautiful, <laughs> right? And so it's not, and that's the other thing, right? I don't do like bucket list type stuff. I don't, I have nothing on my bucket list, but I'm doing more of like my, almost like my heart desires, like the quiet desires that I have. And so a lot of what I'm doing is really enriching my soul in ways that I, I, I'm not even sure any human should have the ability to and I'm just grateful for that but that didn't happen by accident that happened by intention that happened by creating the up the chance of being able to say yes and no regardless because a lot of times people wait they're like I will wait until I'm divorced to learn money I will wait until I hit my job to start looking, to start looking for how I can build different sources of income. I'm going to wait to hate what I mean. I'm going to hate to have no choice before I decide that I need to have choices. And we're doing ourselves disservice. If I did not prepare my finances by learning money, by diversifying, by learning real estate from you guys, by going from learning to actually implementing, right? By letting the business that wanted to come out through me and all the other things I'm going to create happen through me I would not have been able to say yes to that quiet desire of I just want to take time off and so give yourself the gift like what is that thing for you that you know you want to do just do it just literally get your shit together literally right you don't have to wait until you have no choice and even and I want to say if you don't have a choice if you think you don't have a choice it's not too late but we don't have to wait until there's no other options before we give ourselves the the gift of having options and that's what we've created as a family and that's what I get to do that's what you guys get to do with other humans out there and I know we're going to continue to do that in ways and a capacities that is bigger than I could you know imagine right now so for that I'm grateful amazing well, this kind of leads probably into our two questions that we ask all of our guests. Uh, what is your definition of wealthy? Oh, my definition of wealthy is having money, having relationships, and having those freedoms that I talked about, and always the ability to walk, right? Always the ability to walk. And my definition of wealthy is being able to have all of that, even if my net worth is goes down to zero and everything crashes. So I'm recession-proof. I'm economic-proof. I'm whatever crap fool. I'm everything full because I have wealth, which really comes from the inside. Awesome. What is one uh, mindset, habit, or strategy that separates someone who is wealthy versus someone who is not? I think abundance is a big one. Abundance. And I actually want to credit you guys. You were one of the first biggest examples of abundance that I saw, and it blew my mind away at your level of generosity. That's probably what has caused me to continue the journey at the beginning that I did. And it's that abundance mindset of knowing that it's okay to share. It's okay to give. It's okay to not hoard. It's okay to dispense into the world. And I see what you guys have done with real estate and equipping so many physicians, some of who are also equipping other physicians now through other things, including real estate. And to be able to see that and keep doing what you do has to do with the 
just continuing to plug into abundance. And I think that that's something that we need more and more physicians to do is understanding and more humans to do is really tapping into that abundance of regardless of what I see, I always have. I always can create. There is more. I can do it. I always have options. And if I'm not seeing it, it's because I'm not looking behind me because it always exists. So I literally have to turn and say, where am I not looking? What am I not tapping into? What am I not leveraging around me? And that is a practice that anybody can build. So, yeah. Yeah, we all have so, so, so much already. No matter what your situation is, you have so much. And the wealth truly is all around us and it's within us and it's uh, the relationships around us. And, and so all you have to do is, yeah, look around and see it and experience that gratitude. Right. And that even attracts more. So um, thank you, boy, this is like a, a Ted talk in uh, amazing, beautiful pearls of wisdom and uh, of a life well already well lived um, and that will continue to be better lived and grow with so much growth in the future, I'm sure. Um, for those who have heard that heard you speak and just are like, where can I get more of this? Where can they find you? My podcast is an easy place since you guys are listening to a podcast right now. So it's the Money Fit MD podcast. I talk about all things money and mindset. I speak with women physicians, but some of my biggest fans are actually dudes, physicians. They're like, oh my goodness, thank you for that episode. Um, and I now I have the book, Done With Broke. It's available through Amazon. You can go there and buy it, gift it to the women physicians and humans in your life. It's literally the cheapest gift that has the potential to transform life. So buy 10, give it to your residents, give it to your fellows, drop it in the physician lounge and in the middle of the night and walk away. <laughs> like whatever you need to do to get it out there. And of course you can go to my website, which is moneyfitmd.com where you can learn about the programs that I offer for women that are committed to saying yes and becoming the CEO of their life so that they can do beyond everything they could ever imagine, to be honest. I'm already doing that. Everything I'm living right now is nothing that I ever imagined. And so I'm afraid of the next five years because it's going to blow Latifah today off in a good way. And I cannot wait to to get to that version of myself. So thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for everything you guys do. The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.